Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. And Mark is going to be leading our discussion today. There was a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, actually, where he made a statement in one of our podcast episodes that just kind of really made me think, wow, we need to unpack this for our listeners. And that was that a rabbi's goal, one of his goals was to place his whole life inside of a disciple. So Mark's going to be leading our discussion on that. And then over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be hearing from some boots on the ground youth workers who have experienced that in their own life and learn from them as to how they've applied this in their 21st century settings. So Mark, let's hear it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a Bible nerd, so I want to, of course, jump into three examples, like back to back to back. And these actually aren't from the Bible. They're from rabbinic literature, but the, yeah, I know. But the landing, the landing point is as a teacher, you only study Torah to give it to your learners. It's like their honor is the reason you're studying. There you go. And then secondly, when you take on a learner, like when Jesus took on the disciples and said, come follow me, it was legitimately the same as saying, come be my kid, mm. come be my child, and I'll look after you like that. And then the third uh, like text is just going to show us, you want your kids to go far, right? Yeah. Like I want my son and daughter to become better people than I am. Totally. And there's this real understanding that if, man, if you take on a learner and you teach them, you don't just teach them, you make them better than you, even mm. better than you, right? Totally, yes. So we're going to look at three quick texts to get there and then talk about what that means as being like a, a practical everyday youth pastor with your kids. Love okay? it. Let's do it. All right. So the first one just says, we've been taught that Rabbi Mayer used to say, he who studies Torah but does not teach it is one who despises the word of the Lord. And they quoted Numbers 1531 on the back end. So a lot of times rabbinic literature will make its point and it will land on a text and be like, see, and they're interpreting that text forward to their argument, right? Sure. So look what he says. If you study Torah as a teacher and you don't take on learners and you don't teach, what are you doing? Right. Like, are you, are you really walking out God's law if you're not putting it in someone else and passing on the tradition? That's awesome. Right. So one, first of all, you only, you only study like Jesus studied to grab a pack of kids and teach them. Mm. Okay. Secondly, when you grab that pack of kids, they become like your kids. Yeah. Um, I'm going to spare you like 13 names. Okay. Okay, cool. And just quote to the, I'll just cut to the quote from Rabbi Yonatan. When a man teaches Torah to his neighbor's son. So imagine I go next door to my neighbor, Steve, and I say, I'm going to teach Milo. All right. That's his son. Okay. When a man teaches Torah to his neighbor's son, Scripture speaks of him as though he had begotten him. That is from the moment I say, you're going to be my learner, Milo. It's like, I'm your dad, not Steve. Isn't that intense? Yeah, that's hardcore intense. And and it's not to say that like, you're no longer, you know, Steve's kid. But I mean, the idea is I take you on with that gravity. The same investment that I make in raising my son, Otto, I'm not going to make in your son. And then they go on to quote scripture. It says, that's why it says, these are the generations of Aaron and Moses in Numbers 3, one, 
And after that, these are the names of the sons of Aaron in Numbers 3.3. So he's going to say, why is there the discrepancy? Why does it say Moses and Aaron in one verse? And then in a couple of verses later, the sons of Aaron. Mm-hmm. And the rabbi says, Yonatan says, this is to tell you that even though Aaron had his sons, like Aaron begot his sons, yeah. because Moses taught them, they are, after, they are also called after the name of Moses. Nice. So he's basically trying to argue from the text, see, when you take on a learner, they're your kid and you take full ownership over putting your life into their life. I love that. Didn't like the rabbis beautiful? used to say, that is beautiful. Didn't the rabbis used to say that if your father and your rabbi died, you bury your rabbi first because although your yep. father like gave you life in this world, the rabbi helped you have life in the next world or something like that. There's a bunch of fun quotes like that that you actually never want to give to your students or they'll start using them on on their parents. Yeah, and then trouble. your parents will yeah call the senior pastor and you know have yeah one of those they're like meetings. oh I'm not. I'm not grounded. I'm hanging out with Pastor Heather tonight. I don't know what you're talking about. That's right. She's welcoming me <laughs> oh. into the eternal life. Okay. So like step one, you you learn Torah to teach Torah. Step two, yeah. you, when you take on a learner, they're like your kid. Yes. Step three, you want your kids to go so far. All right. Rabbi Yosef Barhoni said, a man envies or like competes with everyone except his son and accept his learner. The idea being, you might look around at whatever your job is or whatever you're trying to do in life. And honestly, you want other people to do great, but you want to do just a little bit better, right? Yeah. And this says, it's that way for everyone who studies Torah, except Mm -hmm. your own kid. And the kid you've taken on as your kid as a learner, right? You want to make them better than what you are. Yep. And he gives a couple of examples from scripture But the landing point, which I love, is the story where Elisha comes to Elijah Mm -hmm. and says, I want a double portion of the Holy Spirit in myself, right? Like, I actually want to become twice the prophet you are, which is a bold claim, right? Right. And did you know if you trek through uh, Kings and the Elisha-Elijah cycle and you count them up, he misses it by one. He misses it by, yeah, he misses the number of miracles that Elijah works in the text. Hmm. He misses doubling it by one miracle. So it was like like Elijah was like, oh, maybe it's sort of keeping you humble, bro. Like that's yeah, Yeah, but I love it. I mean, that's one of the first models we have in the biblical text of I'm taking on a learner. I'm putting myself in them and I'm going to make them better than me, darn it. I love it. Isn't that cool? You're absolutely right. Yeah. So let's land on this third point then as a youth pastor. Sure. You want your kids to go far. When I think about my own son, I take him everywhere with me. There are no moments that are not potential for coaching. (laughs) There are no moments where I don't want to be ready to praise something I see that's good in a way that he honors God yeah. or loves people. And there are no moments yes. where I'm not ready to say, yeah, that's you're, you're a Schaefer and that's not what we do. Right. Like we're not a big proud people, but we don't do that kid. Right. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, when you're a parent, you are all in 100% every second for the development of your kid. And it's true for the kids you take on as a pastor too. Yeah. Um, you know, what's really sad is like some kids don't have that in their homes, right? And I think I love Chap Clark's research on this of adoptive youth ministry where he talks about how 
for kids who yeah. are kind of on the outside. Our job, even for kids who are on the inside, our job as a church is to become a family for them of spiritual spiritual fathers and mothers and grandparents. And again, this is just yeah. what we see in rooted in Judaism is that mentorship model that, hey, you become like me. I'm giving you everything I've got. Become like my son. Become like my daughter. And that's when we see the beautiful glory of God's truth lived out in community is when people start caring for and taking time for people. Definitely. So look, I have close to 15, 16 years of boots on the ground, youth ministry, and the kids I'm the proudest of are way better at it than I ever was. They run better youth ministries than I did. They are more compelling they go to countries I haven't been to mm-hmm. and they take the message farther and faster and better. Yeah. That makes me really proud yeah. when that happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Can I tell a story about a kiddo who I got to really kind of invest in and have that moment with her? That would be awesome. Okay, sweet. So, you know, for like I mentioned earlier, it's sad when some kids don't have kind of those roots in their lives of a family that um, is full of uh, – how do I want to say this? Well, she came from a dysfunctional family, right? There was some brokenness yeah. in her home. And I know that there's youth pastors out there who you have those kids in your youth ministry and they come through your doors and maybe they come every week, maybe they come once a month, uh, but you just love them and you care about them and you want to see them grow and succeed. And they need more than anything that youth worker who's yeah. willing to put their whole life inside of them. And this girl, yeah. I just was, from from the time she was in eighth grade, I just wanted to do everything I could to love her, to point her to Jesus, to place my whole life inside of her. And we would meet every week at, uh, over lunch at school. And I would just do my best to try to share God's love with her. And it was sometime when she was in high school when she eventually uh, professed a genuine faith in Christ and wanted to follow Jesus. And I would, you know, we would do stuff outside of school. I would take her places with me. I would have her over at my home. I would pick her up for stuff. Like I would go to her things. There was a time when she was like looking for her biological dad and I would drive her up there to meet the guy who she thought was it. Like I I was that good. Yeah. I was that, that go-to person for her because I, um, I knew that she needed, um, I wanted to be that in her life. Right. And I wanted to show her God's love. And so, um, you know, it was a few years and I remember her saying, uh, I had her share her testimony at church one time and she said, you know, I met Heather and I just wanted to be just like her. And she loved Jesus. Hmm. And I just thought to myself, I want to be like Heather and I want to love Jesus too and follow him. And so that was like a huge moment for me. And so I just want to encourage those youth workers out there who are wondering like, man, man, some of these kids, I just feel like I'm hitting a wall. I just feel like I'm not getting anywhere. You just don't know. You don't. And and if you're placing your life inside that kid, if you're taking time, if you're showing that you care, because here's the thing, right? With this kid, she kind of jumped off the map for a couple years on me. She had some people kind of speaking into her life that said, hey, you don't need anything. You don't need to do anything with that God stuff. Like, you know, and so she, she did, she jumped off the mat for about two years and I just prayed constantly that she would come back into my yeah. life and she did. And about a month ago, she's in her twenties now. And she told me, she said, Heather, you know, I was having a conversation with a girl at work and she asked me, she's like, wow, you had a really hard childhood. Like, how did you get through it? And this young woman said, she's like, I, I told her about you. 
And I said, there was this woman who would meet with me every Friday for lunch at school. And she was like the mom that I needed at that, at, at, at that time in my life. And I was like, wow, that's, that's it right there. That's why we do youth ministry. Right. And, and so I just want to encourage those yeah. youth workers out there. Even if that kid has jumped off the map, even if they haven't been around for a long time, yeah. if you've invested your life into them, you never know what God's going to do, but you can always trust that God's going to use that in a way that you're not going to expect. Yeah. yeah. My top five that have become really compelling adults, three mm-hmm. or four of them uh, ghosted on me for a while. That's awesome. You know yep. that? Yeah. And I believe I it. don't think that, I don't think that any, any youth worker in history knows which of their kids will take off and become a compelling, amazing adult, Mm-mm. except for Jesus. And look at what Jesus yeah. did. Jesus picked the kids that no one thought could flourish. That's right. Right. You yep. never know. You never know. But what you do know is your job is to be like a mom or a spiritual mom or dad That's to right. that kid. That's right. And to be 100% for them and committed to putting a living faith into them through example and conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to have work home balances and yeah. all of that. This is mm-hmm. true. But man, I'll tell you what, the times I would take a kid to the grocery store or the times I would um, just pick them up and drive and talk, you you just never know how they're going to grow. But you have to have those opportunities where you're relationally investing in them. Absolutely. That's such a great story, Heather. I might be crying a little bit. Um, (laughs) But hey, Mark, you know, I bet some of our listeners have their own stories and we would love to hear those stories. Would you... Just either maybe get on our Facebook page. We have a Facebook group for Century Youth Ministry. It's a closed group. You can request to join the group. And would you share your story of the teenager that you've invested in? Or maybe just shoot us an email, uh, firstcenturyyouthministry at gmail.com. And we would love to hear your story. We're going to have some youth workers on here over the next two weeks talking with their kids about what this concept of placing your whole life inside of a disciple, how they've seen that lived out in their context. So uh, Mark, anything else before we land the plane for our listeners today? No, I would, I would, I would just say that, um, yeah, I would just second what's what Heather said that you never know which of your kids are going to take off and your job is to really be a spiritual parent for them. And if you're lucky, you'll get to hear it out of their mouth someday. That's right. (laughs) If you're lucky, that's so true. Hey, so uh, you can find us on firstcenturyyouthministry.com or you can join our Facebook community. We've got some super sweet stuff in the mix for August of 2022. We're planning a youth workers only trip to Israel. So if you go to our website, we are going to be updating that as we get more information. Uh, We're going to be going with a group called Walk the Story, which uh, affords you the opportunity to go to Israel to walk the land as if you were a first century Jewish disciple. And I went in 2011 and I'm telling you, it changed my life. And so we would love for youth workers to join us yeah. on that journey. So stick with us and uh, check out our website, send us an email to get more information and we'd be happy to keep you in the loop. And Hey, Heather's always too humble to say this herself, but if you want to get started now in connecting the dots between how Jesus discipled his learners and how you disciple in your own ministry. Heather's book is full of so many practical ways to do it. Like 
boots on the ground, flesh and blood, exercises, activities, games, discussions to have. So there's like the big theory of how is it that Jesus was a rabbi? And then there's the like real practical, how do you be a rabbi in, in like the modern world? And you should pick it up. I mean, for me, like it, when I find out about a resource that can like dynamically be a game changer for my youth ministry, I don't actually, I, I, I have no problem just heading to Amazon and picking it up. So I would definitely recommend you do that and just go farther faster in the discipleship piece in your ministry program. That's awesome. Thanks for saying that, Mark. And if you want an autographed copy, shoot me an email and I can uh, set something up there. So, and hey, thanks for joining us uh, on this episode of First Century Youth Ministry, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye, everyone.